I think we're up to part four, Myth of Failure series. And I'm going to go over fixed versus growth mindset, which is a big thing from, uh, you know, Dr. Carol Dweck. She's got the book Mindset for people who want to go into it deeper. This will be an overview. Might not be the best explanation on the internet. You don't need the scientific understanding. I think just like the, the principles. And I don't know, I'll start with, I don't know, well, I won't put you on the spot. How, go for it. Do you have, do you feel like you have a good grasp yourself around this or are you curious to learn more about it? Like what the difference is between the fixed and growth? I have, I have a decent understanding yeah. in my own head, but yeah. whether or not that maps to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's walk through an example then. All so right. what's, what's an area where you feel like you see, or, okay, how about this? Do you have any areas you think you've seen yourself transition? It's fine if the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Transition from being a bit more fixed about something to a bit more, what she, she call, I don't even know if growth's a good word, but growth. Yeah. About it. Do you, do you, are there any, or are there any examples where you, maybe yeah. one where, one area where you are a bit more, you feel like I've been a bit more fixed and another area where you've been a bit more. I think growth? fixed. I think before we started podcasting, before yeah. you, you were encouraging us mm-hmm. to start with the Chiefs. You and Dom. Yeah. Yeah. Dom and I to start with the Chiefs. Plug for with the Chiefs Plug podcast. for with the Chiefs. Very good. The best pod. running podcast around. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's not as big as, you know, the other Chiefs out there, but <laughs> you know, it's not about, I'm not attached to the numbers. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? Yeah. Podcasting when you started. When we started and you were floating the idea saying, you know, you guys would probably have a good podcast. We're like, mm. no, we wouldn't. Mm. Well, ah, that's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good example. That's yeah. an astro mm. example. And mm. I think it ties into the fixed yep. mindset being yep. like, we can do things, but podcasting is probably not one of them, you know, because, mm. uh, why? well, why? Oh, because, uh, because I don't, I'm scared of it. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's, it's more around because historically i've been a little bit shy in in those sort of situations which i think stems from you know the public speaking or the you know getting nervous and stuff like that but that's changed to a growth mindset where it's more like oh no if you just do it keep doing it if you enjoy it yeah then and then that translates to other things right so you asked about fixed mindset i would definitely say when I started, it's, it's almost like when you start things and when Very you ha- common. it's yeah. like network, like doing a little bit on network engineering, yeah. basic, I'm not, I'm not technical. Yeah. I, I couldn't understand that yeah. when reality, you just need to sit with it yeah. and you will learn uh, if you keep. That's a good sentence you just said. Yeah. Sit with it and you will learn if you keep. You just got to cut you off, which is terrible. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if, you, uh, if you keep going. Yeah. But I think mine, the, the way I viewed this is my mind goes from fixed to growth when i start seeing that oh hang on Mm. you know it's it's very hard when you're unfamiliar with something to have a growth mindset at first is what i found yeah because you don't know for some people it's not so let me try and clarify what this is for people who don't yeah not familiar i'm doing my best here fixed mindset is kind of like the idea that your abilities in any domain and It'll be different, like the way I think about a podcasting might be different to the way I think about sales, like Joe the Salesman versus Joe the Podcaster, but that your ability is fixed in place. That's kind of static. It doesn't really change much. There's only a little bit of wiggle room over time, so you, you probably can't actually get better. And you often become a much more attached to that, whether you think you're bad at something or whether you think you're good at something. Mm. So when a challenge is a real like 
a challenge to someone who's in a fixed mindset about something is very like disturbing. Mm. It's really rattling. It really gives you a lot of anxiety, a lot yeah. of panic. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. Or I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. Or it shouldn't be this hard. I'm good at this. Mm. It shouldn't be this hard. And you start catastrophizing. I found that at uni when I had. I was going to use that example when I had too. technical subjects, yeah. that like programming. Yeah, I couldn't get my head around. I was like, yeah, I'm just not technical. It's yeah, a yeah. good way to shut off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's but, not the end of the world. Sometimes you think some thing with. I want to disclaim around myth of failures. I don't really love the attitude around. I've got to do something. That's scary. <laughs> I think that's too simple. It's very general. A lot of people use fear as it's like a, a good, good a good signal. Like I'd be like actors use it a lot. Like the role scared me. That's how I knew it's probably good to take, but it's not because it's scary alone. That's pretty stupid. Like I don't go do a skydiving. It scares me. Right. But I'm also yeah. like, my mate tried to get me to do it. Robbie, a good friend of ours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hang on. Well, I don't really, I don't care about the it. prospect of doing it. doesn't excite me. Yep. And so like, am I limiting my life by not skydiving? I don't, I don't know. Like, it's like podcast scares me, yeah. but yeah. I want to do it and it would be, I can create see all the utility things. there. I value yeah. on the other yeah. side of yeah. the wall of fear yep. when there's no value on the other side of the wall of fear. You don't see it. Like why overcome the fear? That's what fear's for. <laughs> <laughs> fear is, can be quite useful. Like yeah. I'm afraid I'll waste time doing something anyway. So back to fixed versus growth. Growth is kind of like challenges almost excite you in the fullest extent of a growth mindset. Mm. Right? Your, your abilities are not static. They're fluid. They can constantly change. You can get better at things, right? You can start off bad, but but deal with it, right? And and just persist because of the, we talked about the thousand doors thing and, you know, like who, who starts amazing at like an instrument, right? Some people have a bit of a predisposition for it, but that's fair enough. They just seem to pick it up. It seems very suited to them, but no one starts out flawless. No. Right? But you can get really good if you persist. What won't help you is if you have the mindset that like, it's too hard and I don't, you know, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. So that's the, that's like more of the growth mindset. So using like very specific examples, I, uh, this is the irony of counterintuitive, like uh, education, the academic focus in education, personal story. When I was at high school, I was, if you remember, I got high grades pretty consistently. Right. Very, very high growth. Which is not a, which is not a, not a humble brag because <laughs> listen to the story. Now, ironically, I was in much more of what we'd call a fixed mindset, what Carol Dirk would call a fixed mindset that whole time. Mm. Yeah, this is fascinating. Right? I was very attached to the idea of myself being the intelligent person. Right. And that's some astro stuff there. I was looking at around at the hierarchy and like, I'm the top end. I'm one of the smart people. <laughs> Yep. in this grade yeah yep. i would get a kick out of people asking me for help which is not necessarily bad but it feeds the ego too mm. it's, it's both yep and i was that idea of myself as was was something i became attached to right and so if it was a subject that i just wasn't good at i was like well get just don't do that that's one of the ones i'm not good at i'll do the ones i am good at so i can win and i wanted to get the prizes i wanted to come first in as many things as possible why glory <laughs> why not yeah oh you know western culture and winning it's it's like what's wrong with winning win now and and if i didn't do well on a test 
so I was so anxious to get test results back because everything was like a pass and fail on like me as a person because mm, mm. I was so attached to being the smart guy. And if I got, and I bombed on plenty of tests at school and then everyone would be like, oh, I beat Joey in a, in a test. <laughs> That's how you know you made I, it I in used, the school used, environment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my God. I... But that, that used to like kill me. And mm. I used to be really anxious about beating the competitors in English versus math versus, it just meant so much. It was what? this astro thing of like, it was almost like life or death. Why is that fixed mind? Why is that fixed mindset? Because it's very fixated and static and identifying with it heavily. So fixed does not mean you're bad at something. That's the point I want to make. Now listen, <clears throat> our good friend Scott, and you might have been like this too, think if I remember back, wasn't good at everything. Right? He was a bit misbehaved a lot in classes and stuff like that earlier on in high school. He kind of got his act together later on. And he went from like being middle of the grade in English to like getting a really good mark in the HSC, right? S Scott and I were in the same cl yeah, you, classes and we rode that Yeah, similar, you probably would have. I think you would have been quite similar. Yep. So why is that different? I was like from kindergarten, I was always in like the top five. Never, no, never low. In my whole, every year of high school. Wow. Academically. So it's fucking not everything, but I was always in the top. <laughs> never, never, not, never once out of it. Wow. Never for 13 years straight. So I was only ever there. It creates this huge vulnerability psychologically mm. if you identify with it. Cause I haven't seen myself go from being bad at something to good, whatever bad and good means. So when Scott, you, Scott, Scott, Scott as an example did. So that gives you the attitude that, oh, I can start not good at something. Mm. He's not looking at himself like I'm the English guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at myself like I'm the English guy and I want to be the maths guy. And he's not looking at himself that way. He's thinking, oh, wow. Okay. I figured this out. Uh, I wonder yeah. what else I could figure out. That was the first, I kind of was in classes with Scott and that yeah. was the first indication that I'm not this, the notion of being smart yeah. i i would say i had an incredibly fixed mindset yeah. initially and yeah. then i started doing better yeah. significantly better <clears throat> yeah. when i started applying myself yeah. to be like that's when that belief started kicking in yeah. as to yeah. hang on a minute you're, yeah, not, exactly. you're not you're not an idiot exactly so when i went to uni it's a completely different kind of like system of assessing testing everything and so there was this massive i was up here for those listening to audio putting my hand high and and then my marks were like way lower at uni, but they're still probably high. There's still like distinctions and shit, but I was, I was the high achiever, mm. you know? And I talked to a lot of people who are like strong achieving academically at high school. Mm. And they say a similar thing that it felt very painful to then try to adjust to different kind of systems. I like the workplace skills are not the same as what gets you good marks at school. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. All these 18 year olds are listening are thinking, oh no, no I'll be right. And, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you just wait. You kids. just wait. Kids. Yeah. And then, and then you're, but you're used to being a high achiever and then you meet this, if all this information all of a sudden tells you you're not. Mm. Right. And now that Delta is painful mm. and you get defensive you start blaming others, right? It's because uni is stupid. It's because the tests are wrong. It's because of that. And I, I still don't see the, like the way I think they are is a strange bubble, but I think both things are true. I think it's, it was a very strange system and things they assess are very peculiar in school and university. 
I think most people tend to agree these days anyway, even the universities. So, But also, I was just defensive. It wasn't like, get a bad mark, bit disappointed, but then, okay, like what do I need to do to improve? It was like, why can't I get this right and, and defensive and anxious? And what that does is it makes you much less of a what we'd call a risk taker, what we'd normally call a risk taker, where... You know, you're, you're, you're looking to confirm, in my example, you're looking to confirm, you're looking for situations that confirm you're a high achiever. Mm. That's how you're filtering. Because you've got this identity you're fixated on and you're trying to maintain it. And people don't understand that the people who are very psychologically at risk are your, the ones we call high achievers in a capitalist society. There's a lot of... I hear a lot of terrible stories about people who ducks their years. What happens to them after high school? That could be a documentary. The most terrible things. You think about how driven you have to be to get there and you get so attached and so intense about it. It's, it's this flawed pursuit based in just like satisfying it's your own ego. For, for and it's arbitrary. And a it little bit. And you give this image of yourself that you're the king and it doesn't translate to reality, the reality of the rest of the world. So this is really important for myth of failure because it's just literally all about the way you deal with things. The best thing, one of the best things that happened to me was, uh, you know, I have this idea of like my relationship with failure as an app, like a big category thing over time and doing like the, say the real, from the ground up and the real estate business and just being like forced to really brutally kind of again fail but what is failure but like fail in terms of not do the things everyone expects to be the successful outcomes mm -hmm. like make lots of money and conquer the world that constantly happening slowly shifted me to being less attached to my own image over time massively it was just basically it's like it's in one sentence in one word it's humbling mm. it's humbling you and it's forcing you to so instead of that default reaction being blaming others, you know, in the book, in, in Dweck's book, she uses the John McEnroe example. It's a pretty famous tennis player who's always like blaming the umpire. <laughs> blaming. It's an example of fixed yeah. mindset. Mm. Whereas the growth mindset tennis player like loses a point and is like, all right, I lost a point. Like, what did I learn from that? All right, I need to get back in. It's just this much more composed, healthy way of being. You know, it's why they, the, one of the, outcomes of that book is you know encouraging people not to praise results but to praise effort because mm. you don't control results mm. but if you praise people for their results they start to identify with them they're like oh okay now i want to win the test yeah. so that i'm the smart kid but reward effort it's rewarding input not output because you don't you get have complete almost complete control of what you put into something like how hard you work what you apply yourself to all that and whether you show up or not prepared input right output like where you finish in the race you have less control over that because you don't control the other runners yeah you control you you control your running training your prep if you did everything you can <laughs> what else can you do yeah but you can learn from that situation and improve at the next race so that would be a growth mindset whereas the the fixed is like this race is like bullshit and you'd come up with an excuse i don't know what you'd come up with with a running race but conditions or something or shoes or footwear or i was I gonna say the running the running example is a good example yeah. especially with once you there's a lot of comparisons in once you get fit mm. fitter yeah 
and you start realizing you, you run a good time, for example, yeah. then you're attached to that time. Yeah. So any deviation yeah. from a certain level of fitness creates mm. this sense of anxiety yeah. if you're attached to that time. For mm. example, when you're doing training and you, your, your splits are off and you, you're like, oh shit, I'm not... Yeah. You, you can... This happened yeah, to me. Because splits are like small markers of like yeah. your progress towards the, well, yeah. the, the final time. Like yeah. I ran uh, in Gold Coast... I ran like a really good half marathon, right? Yeah. And exceeded what I thought I could run in that sort of period of time. Yeah. And then it created a sense of like, oh, well, you don't want to get too far. From, you, like you don't want to deviate from that level of fitness, right? Yeah. So yeah. for example, I got COVID yeah. and then like things happen and you start worrying about and you mm. forget like, okay, I do this running thing because yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. So you have to reconvince yourself and... Very good example. And like revalidate the growth mindset in yeah. a sense well yeah. i don't know how it relates for example you just got to reground yourself in the fact that doesn't the times are arbitrary yeah that when they when the, this paradigm which is psychological it's a psychological paradigm right mm. so it comes from the field of psychology and they they don't tend to bring in terms like attachment into it and stuff like that concept of attachment is more like the kind of the DeMellos and the, uh, the, uh, the, the Alan Watts and the, you know, like not psychologists necessarily, but kind of like the more like philosophical kind of, kind mm. of spiritual kind of concept. And, yep. but I, I see it working in so, so well, because it really is a pathway. It's all about attachment versus non-attachment, letting things be. Cause the reason why it's so important is because that mindset is, is everything to actually doing something. Yep. So if I expected this podcast to be Joe Rogan level within a year or two, and that was the only way it was going to be worthwhile doing, that's the biggest obstacle for it actually becoming something of that level. Mm. Right? Yeah, funny. Because you, you have to go on the journey. And one of the next episodes we'll do is about like everything you do is actually practicing what you're actually going to do is the degree, not learning about it in theory and then doing it. Mm. The, the, the first this chapter, right? The first month, the first five episodes the first week on the job, you know, the first race, the first 10 races, the first four weeks in the gym, they're the, they're the first degree for the actual thing you're doing. It's just the front bit. And that's the same with, with figuring something out. You can't learn baseball by theory. You can't learn piano by theory, right? You can't learn podcasting by theory. You can't learn writing by theory. You can't even learn business by theory. What you can't you even know? learn medicine by theory. You can't learn law by theory. You can't learn psychology by theory. You can't learn philosophy by theory. You can't learn shit all by theory. What about economics? <laughs> <laughs> that term's offensive. Our next, yeah, yeah, our next friend we're going to talk about. Has... My brother who studies economics thinks concept of economics is hilarious. And, you know, take that. So does Taleb. So, you know, figuring things out is growth mindset. And it's the, the best example is the kind of our friend Scott... And you and you would be a good example in the academic domain, which I think is a dumb domain. It's just a good tangible example because everyone's kind of been through school. I think school's stupid for this reason. <laughs> One of the biggest reasons school's stupid is for this reason. Yep. It creates a huge fixed mindset in people that they're stupid or that they're smart. Both stories about telling yourself a story about your intelligence is, I think, inevitably counterintuitive. You should not be attached to any form of your own intelligence. It's good to have belief in yourself and the belief that you can figure things out, which is definition, I think, of the growth mindset, right? Like if I'm going to go do, 
Good example. I'm doing a fiction book now, right? Mm. What qualifies me to do a fiction book? I would say a lot, but... Oh, you'd say a lot, but if you're looking for a black and white thing, there's nothing. Someone asked me on a chairlift on my ski trip again, like, oh, well, you know, you're doing books. Like, did you study something around that? I go, no, I studied something completely different. <laughs> did you study but, how to but do I'm, fiction writing? But you know what? I'm doing it. and Because it started as a nonfiction book. I've done one other kind of nonfiction book, The 18 and Lost, which yep. is uh, biographical, really. Buy it now. Yeah, buy it now. <laughs> we're, not, we're not attached will, to sales. We're not doing this for money. Figures. But if you buy my book... We'll be very happy. I won't, even be, I won't be upset. And um, <laughs> I'll be negotiating a 3% affiliate link. And I'm not attached to it. I'm not attached I'm to not it. I'm not attached either. I'm not attached to it. <laughs> Can I have my um, affiliate link, please? But <laughs> we were doing this nonfiction, working with this lovely guy, Paul, on it. And then I said, you know, we said together, like, the best way to do this is make something that's actually funny that people can laugh at and it's entertaining, that, which would be a fiction book, right? And making up the story of these characters and how they behave like fuckwits in the workplace. And I wasn't going to wait till I get approval to be a fiction writer. Now, the objection a lot of people would have in that situation is, oh, but what if it's no good? My thinking is, so what if it's not? How do you define something as being no good? Mm. If most people don't like it, is that enough to say it's no good? Majority opinion? Well, how much stock do we place in majority opinion? All right? Majority opinion elected Trump. <laughs> right? If you ask if you ask like everyone what their favorite song is, and you had to settle like what song most people are happy to listen to. It'd probably be like a very basic, like not one of the best songs ever. Mm. You know, like average, the average of opinions b balances out as average, <laughs> right? It balances out in the middle. Yeah, a good so point. if I'm the only person who enjoys the book, it probably won't make money, right? It might not catapult me to the top of the writing canon as one of the most celebrated writers of our time, but it might be help me learn so much for the next one. Yep. And, and it will. Yeah. No matter what the commercial outcomes are, this book is going to help me so... It already has. And so when you're in that place, you can be non-attached to outcome. All right? Because you know that I'm just going to keep learning and figuring this out. Mm. And the best way is by bloody practice. <laughs> no, it's... I, I've read a few books on how to be a good podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, Joe, because he's... No, he's we, we please download the manual how to do a great for podcast. For example, we had a podcast which Dom and I felt were, was a bit awkward and stuff like that. Yeah. But we learned from that being... Because we, we approached it in a certain way, very structured yeah. and rigid. Yeah. And we when we tried to do that, it was like felt... Yeah a bit robotic and yeah. we need to do that to learn that you, yeah. okay you need to ease up a bit like yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's no there's no book that's gonna say or or lecture that's gonna say all right it, it's important because everything is so i'm sure nuanced. we'll touch on this Specific. complex and complex nuanced you're right yeah and stuff like and that so how do you so let's finish up this episode with like how do you action mm. how do you action this and uh, personally i don't know what you think Personally, I just, it's like, if you, <laughs> if you enjoy what you're doing, mm. you know, I have that, that concept. I haven't made an episode about it. Maybe it's on the blog, the audience are none. Like what would you do for no praise, no money, whatever. It doesn't mean that you can't get money or praise from doing it, but like you don't need it. And if you can do things for like audience are none, 
you will naturally find yourself in that growth mindset rather than telling yourself, be growth mindset, be growth mindset, be growth. You can figure this out. You can figure this out. They said on the podcast, they said on the podcast, that's like the, that's the dumb way. That's the prescriptive, like tactical way. It doesn't work because the, the foundation f- hasn't been changed. That's the fixed growth mindset. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well done. This is, this is why you get the big bucks, but not from this. It's a great example. So it's the foundation. And the foundation yeah. to me is like, what's fucking worth doing if nothing actually happened from it? Nothing. Mm. That the doing, of, uh, the doing of it was the joy because mm. everything else can come anyway and if you want an example joe rogan and his podcast fantastic Clip, Clip luke sent me this morning of the episode he did with mark zuckerberg one eight something 1839 or something whatever it is people towards the end there's a two minute clip where he's like i've done nothing deliberate to to grow this but that would ensure the ultimate growth mindset right and growth is not i hate the word growth it's kind of like this it's infused with all these false kind of uh, capitalist, capitalist kind of values that like growing something is big and that you grow yourself as a person. I don't think it's, it, it seems like things always need to get bigger and you need to add to yourself. So I kind of really dislike the word. I think just improve the, the, the attitude that you can just improve at things mm. that I'm doing it. I'm satisfied with it as it is now, but it will also improve. Not like this is not good enough but I, I'm not good enough, but I need to improve. Like, mm. and Alan Watts criticizes this heavily, like that over attached to self-improvement, but that I'm doing this book. I'm doing it to the extent to a quality I think is acceptable, really good. It may or not be the case, but I'll continue to develop and hone this craft. And I, I just love doing it. I'd be happy to do it if it doesn't, as long as I have enough food and water and shelter, I'd be happy to do it for no money for no one even reading it. I prefer people to read it. But even if it was 10 friends and we had a good laugh around the funny book I did, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it could it could still be more. So that is my approach to it. And the focus on the input, not output, is big too. So you don't control the output. Right? I have business failures galore i have burnt hundreds of thousands of dollars doing this and that but it's also like what are you going to do go back and kick kick yourself and ban yourself from ever trying something again i'm in a better place now having done that than i was before to do more of it because i've learned focus on input i don't control the output thousand doors use the experience of previous rooms to inform the next doors you open and how you do it you're always improving so that's my take. I don't know if you have any thoughts about actioning that. I always have thoughts but well, on, on these things, but nothing. Do you have anything you'd like to add on, on that? No, not really. All right. Charlie Munger. <laughs> Charlie Munger button. <laughs> nothing, nothing more to add, Joe. All right, beautiful. Well, we'll keep going with the Myth of Failure series.